I don't know about you guys, but the quarantine was not ideal for my eating and my physique when we first got locked down. I took it as a way to pity myself, feel bad. You know, obviously the whole world is going through this, but I took it as, hey, no, it's only me. We're all going to die. So I might as well eat cookies, Chipotle, and pizza. And then you realize, okay, we're going to make it through this. It's going to take some time, but we're going to make it through. Let me not eat like an asshole forever. And luckily, I'm married to someone who constantly reminds me that I'm eating like an asshole. Won't have sex with me if I don't look my very best. That's something I need a therapist about. But also runs a pretty phenomenal nutrition company with Own Your Eating. And she's put together, that is Roz, my wife, some great challenges that you guys can check out. If you're like me, like you said, and you need a little extra accountability, you need a kick in the ass, you want to just learn a little more, you want to do something really cool at your box, at your gym, at your affiliate, you should check these out. So if you go over to SugarWad in the marketplace, we've got the Own Your Eating store in there. And there's three different challenges you can check out. If you're a box owner, I highly recommend you check out the Gym Nutrition Challenge. I think it's only like $169, something like that. And the cool thing about it is if you're a box owner, you can give this to your members as a way to just, hey, I'm giving you a bonus. I'm giving you something. You know, we appreciate that you stuck with us during your during the quarantine. We appreciate that you kept your membership active. Or you can even make money. She's had a few gyms that have done really well at $169. You get 20 people signed up at 20 bucks, you've, you've made over $200. So check out the 30-day transformation challenge for gyms. That's a specific one for box owners. And then we've got ones for individuals, the 30-day transformation challenge, as well as the 30-day get lean challenge. And, and with both of those, you're going to get programming, you're going to get daily information, daily accountability, and so much more. The transformation challenge is really for those that are either new to tracking macros and flexible eating, or maybe you've done it in the past and you want to get dialed back in like I needed. And of course, accountability goes a long way. It's something I preach as far as a coach. I have coaches for many aspects of my life. And the primary reason is I just need that account accountability. Hey, did you do what I told you to do? Hey, don't forget you said you do this, right? It's just a reminder in the back of my head when I'm about to mess up, that I got someone out there that's relying on me doing well and going to remind me about it. And then there's the 30-day get lean. This is more for the experienced people. Maybe you've tracked macros in the past. You have a good understanding of nutrition, but you're ready to take it to the next level. Maybe you've plateaued. You're ready for reverse dieting, or you just need some extra coaching out there. So you can check these all out on SugarWad. The link is in the show notes. But if you go to SugarWad, you go to the Marketplace you look up on your eating, you're going to see these options. And the cool thing is you can use the code best hour. You can use the code best hour and you'll get 10% off any of the options there. So B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, the code best hour will get you 10% off in the sugar wad marketplace. Check it out on your eating Roz's three challenges and she's seen tremendous results. And trust me, if you're working with Roz, I'm going to hear about it. She'll ask me for some feedback as well. So you really get two coaches for the price of one. Check it out. Use the code best hour for 10% off. All right, everybody. Welcome back to best hour of their day. Ackerman, Fern, with our good 
friend, also big time podcaster at this point, Patrick Cummings. <laughs> big time. Um, He's big got time. like 12, 12 podcasts, Pat. <laughs> only, only three. Three. Come on, now. Come on Jay. Uh, Don't you have three? I, I think we have more than three somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but what are, so you do several different podcasts, right, Patrick? Yep. Yeah. So, so I do, the, I have one longstanding one with uh, Ben Bergeron, Chasing yep. Excellence. Been doing that for three or four years now. I've got one through the morning chalk up called Open Gym. And yep. then I've got a new one with E.C. Sinkowski, who I'm sure you guys know and love, um, called The Consistency Project, where we kind of pick her brain about uh, her thoughts and, and beliefs around nutrition. How, uh, how long has that been up and running? Uh, two months, maybe. We're probably only like five or six episodes in. So super, super okay. new still. It's recent because I remember seeing it and I was like, hey, see, so you want some unsolicited advice? I was like, you need to change your name to like some 800 grams or because she's so well known for that. Yeah. I was like, it's kind of a little, nope. but she clearly didn't listen to me. Not surprising, <laughs> but I'm sure she'll be successful. Either the, way. the reason is that, that trend <laughs> continues from some of our staff. <laughs> yeah. Jay, the reason is because we want to, we want to be able to stretch out a little bit beyond just the nutrition talk. So we didn't want to limit ourselves by, by just focusing narrowly on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. She, both of you can certainly, do that well so she that's basically what she said and and like i said it was unsolicited but i just you know i think she's got a great stuff to put out there so i just that was my way of helping her ideally reach a broader audience yep totally um so yeah so a lot of people kind of probably know your voice from the podcast but you've also done quite a bit of voiceover for some videos yeah. that that are um been featured on dot com as well right yeah for sure yeah for a lot so just the very very fast uh, bio is I helped start again faster in 2006, 2007. And a big part of those early days was me going around to seminars, to the games, to various things happening uh, and shooting videos. That was, that was my, that was my background. That was what I did for a long time, both uh, for CrossFit HQ and for again faster. Um, Cause at, at that time, I'm sure you guys remember there was like two people shooting videos. And so they needed more humans to, to make videos. Um, and so, yeah, so I've done a bunch of games-focused things. I've done some community-focused things, but yeah. Pat, did you film the roundtable? Yeah. Yep. I, I still get asked about that. That must I know, have those been things are still bouncing around. 10, 10 plus years ago. Yep. And to this day, once in a while, like someone will randomly come up to me and just be like, where do I know you from? <laughs> and then they'll inevitably, they'll figure that That's out. That's really funny. That's actually a big... Um, a big inspiration for why I wanted to start or what I started with open gym, because I thought that was such a valuable exercise and a valuable um, way to, to, to get some information out is just to let people who are kind of in the trenches talk about it. And so that was definitely a big reason why, or big inspiration for me to start open gym. Cause I felt like I wanted to see more of that out in the world. Imagine if we redid that now would be such a different discussion. Well, it'd be a lot of fun. We should redo that. Maybe we'll, we should, we should definitely figure that out. We should do something would, like that. That would be awesome. Between the three of us and, you know, we'll grab a couple other people. Yeah. That, would that would be, be awesome, little, actually. Yeah. A little virtual version of it. You know, like yeah. you see all these um, celebrities doing Zoom, you know, reenactments of things on, online. We could do, you know, a virtual yeah. you know, round table. That'd be, re yeah. okay. I'll add it to our growing list for <laughs> But yeah, that Which list is Jay's is way already, of saying somebody else yeah. take care of this. For that me. is exactly <laughs> what he's saying. Like, not even mincing words about it. Because Jay's Jay's super skill is delegation. Yes. Delegation. <laughs> delegation and uh, ignorance. 
<laughs> yeah. so they go hand in hand. Uh, but the reason uh, we wanted to chat and I, the reason I DM'd you, Patrick, is because you had posted something maybe like a week ago, roughly. It was, like, it was, it was I think, the day or two days after uh, the Eric Rosa announcement. So, got it. Okay, so, so a little bit longer. Than that. Maybe that's a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um, uh, June 25th, date's on here. Okay, got it. So, it was almost a month ago. Okay, cool. So, I have no concept of time and, and, and COVID days. Um, the, uh, but I was reading through it and I was like, man, I was like, these are some, these are some very thought-provoking questions and there's 20 of them yeah and so my first question is how long did you spend because like you this isn't something you just jotted on a napkin mm, in five no. minutes yeah so uh, a little bit of background so I, I i have a project called functional branding um and part of that is and what i do is I, i'm a brand coach for gym owners um coaches entrepreneurs uh, etc and so part of that is uh tuesday wednesday thursday I, I just send out a short blog post um, about leadership about making change about branding and so i i was i'm already in the the pro or i'm already i'm always kind of in the practice and process of thinking about okay what am i going to write about next week what am i going to write about tomorrow and so that's where this started and honestly it probably started um i started formulating questions a day or so after eric was I think after um, Eric and uh, Castro did that little 20 minute Zoom thing, um, okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know Eric at all. So I was just super curious. And once I got a little bit of a sense of him, I got a little bit of a sense of his background. I just kind of naturally started thinking in questions, which is what I try to do anyways. Um, and so I probably, yeah, it probably took me like two days to kind of start to loosely formulate things. And then I, I yeah, I just kind of put them together in, in a morning um, and then posted them that day. Yeah, and we're, so we're not going to go through all of them because that would take a really long time because yeah. each one of them is 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 like I said, very thought provoking. But and and there's twenty of them. But yeah, I mean, just, actually, I'm I'm super curious to f see which ones like you feel like pop out at you because that that'll be fun for me. The uh, yeah, so there's definitely a couple in here which I think are, uh, and I like the fact that they're thought provoking, but they're also very head on questions. Mm -hmm. Like there's not you're not like beating around yeah. the bush in some of these, which I think is fantastic. But what's your what's your general feelings about? current state of CrossFit yeah. moving forward? Is it positive? Is it neutral? You don't know? Or you're like, this yeah. is going to be terrible. Um, the world's going to end. No, yeah, I'm not there. It, what's, it's interesting. I don't know, Eric. I don't know if you guys know him at all. Um, I've never talked to him, but I do have the, the um, luxury of knowing Ben pretty well. And Ben mm -hmm. has had, Ben Bergeron has had a chance to have a number of conversations now with Eric. Um, or again, a number, that's maybe it's two or three. Um, mm. It's only been a month. Um, but Ben is very hopeful and Ben is very positive And Ben is, feels like this was, um, maybe uh, a rocky way to get to where we're going, but uh, ultimately going to be a good thing. And absent any more information than what I've seen and then that, uh, you know, what I can kind of guess at, I can't help but be at least positively um, optimistic about, about what's going to come. And most of that is just because Ben is and, and I trust Ben to have a good sense of these things. Yeah. I feel the same way just based on what I know. And, uh, you know, Jay and I have the, the, um, the fortune of like being in the machine for a while yeah. and a lot yeah. of things that we see we're just like okay I, I see how that could be super beneficial and i see the light at the end of the tunnel that other people may not necessarily kind of understand yeah. yet yeah. um i do think it's worth noting that we're probably not going to see anything drastic for a couple months maybe yeah. like not even till the end of the year uh yeah. because we were chatting right before we hit record and uh, they are undergoing, so Eric and his team, a, a pretty extensive, and this is secondhand information from a lot of people that have been pretty uh, closely involved with that, uh, a pretty massive gathering of information, just kind of like fact finding, just like searching and sifting so that they can make 
I think, good decisions moving forward, which is already a good sign, you know, not coming in and just like knocking everything down and say, we're going to rebuild it. Uh, I can appreciate that slow, methodical approach to coming in and taking over something that, uh, you know, quite frankly, is very emotional. So, yeah. And you've got to, you've got to remember that this happened in like two weeks. There's no way that, there's no way that Eric, even in his, like when, you know, when he's on vacation, imagining what life could be like, there's no way he went as deep as he needs to do now to really figure out what is this thing? What's broken that needs to be fixed? What is being ignored that we can now pay attention to all this stuff? Like there's no way he mm-hmm. could have been really prepared for it. And yeah. so, yeah, he's, I mean, if you, if you think about like, even just a gym, if you just think about in two weeks, you're in charge of the gym. Okay. How long is it going to take you to figure out where, like what's again, what's broken and what do I need to fix? Where are the fires and where are the opportunities that just takes time and something as big and with as many stakeholders as CrossFit HQ has, yeah, that's, I don't think we're going to see anything until next year before we get a re- really good sense of what his vision and, and is going to be for it. Well, and I think this would be an insane time outside of a pandemic. But then you also we have to factor in, you know, all of this was hasty, like you said, Pat. It was like a yeah. tweet, explosion, new owner. And all of this was amidst the pandemic where now we're seeing states shutting back down. And, yep. You know, there, there's certainly, there has to be an impact of that on, on HQ. But, yep. you know, I, I think from what I saw with Coach Glassman, we, we were at the ceiling. I mean, he took us as far as he could take us as a leader. And unless he underwent some extensive leadership training or decided to, hey, I'm going to let somebody else either run this ship or run the health initiative, we were, we were going to be stifled. And I think yep. that's what's exciting about Eric. It's it's, you know, like we're reinvigorated. It's like, you know, I'm sure no different than the world feels or the, the country feels when a new election happens. It's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's actually a good yeah. spot to like dive in. Uh, and, and actually, like, I thought your first question, because of the nature of the question, is a good mm-hmm. one to start. And yeah, uh, I'll go, yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. And it's uh, the five pillars of CrossFit HQ have been training, affiliation, games, advocacy, and health. In what order of priority will these fall going forward? How will you determine those priorities by growth potential, uh, by historic revenue, by reach, or by some other metric? And that one I think is important because of something you mentioned already, Patrick, was because mm-hmm. there are so many stakeholders. Yeah. And if you do this incorrectly, people are going to feel slighted, which yep. is not going to help. Yep. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, as far as, and I don't necessarily the answers, but like, where do yeah. you think he's going to put his focus, maybe even short, medium and long term? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that there's, there's little question to me that he, he is going to lean heavier into the games um, in a way that Greg was obviously trying to go uh, far away from. And so it'll be interesting to see what he considers, um, you know, really what he considers the top of the funnel for a, for a mm-hmm. lack of a better way to look at it. Like what is he, f- and really it comes down to like, I mean, all of these questions really come down to what is the vision you have for this thing? Where, where are you trying to get it to? Cause ultimately that dictates then everything else that comes after it. And so my sense of it is I think he's, he's uh, given, you know, given the little bit I know about him, um, given the little bit I know of what's been going on the last couple of weeks He's not somebody who thinks small, right? I think he sold his company to Oracle for like a billion dollars or something absurd. You don't, you don't do that by accident, right? And so you don't do that without massive aspirations. You don't do that without uh, the guts to say, 
we're trying to build a billion dollar company, right? Like that doesn't happen by accident. So I imagine he's going to be taken to the same attitude to CrossFit as he did anything and everything he did prior to this. And so what does that mean? I don't know specifically, but I do know that it means making a much, much, much bigger pie than we're all currently looking at. Right. And so I don't know, what do we, what do we want to guess in terms of number of CrossFitters two to 5 million? What's he talking about now? 10, 20, hundred million people doing CrossFit. I, I don't know, but that dictate if, if, if the number, let's just for the sake of conversation, a hundred yep. million people doing CrossFit, what's, what's the, what's the, what is the entry point for that number of people doing it? I'm not sure, but I think it's probably not advocacy. It's probably not health. It's probably the games. If I had to guess. I think it's, it's the not, games and some combination of a digital platform app, yeah, like kind yeah. of like a Peloton with, totally. with some other aspect to it yeah, uh, because is, it's, it's the, it's the widest net that you could cast. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely the games has to be the top of the funnel. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back to what I said, it's like Glasson was so far into advocacy and health and so against the games yep. that that's, I believe why we were going to be limited there. And, yeah. I don't think you should ignore those two things. I think it's nope. important what Coach Glassman was doing, but like you said, Pat, the games mm -hmm. is the top of the funnel. If you want, you know, the analogy would be like the UFC. Yep. Right? I mean, 99% of the people you see training any sort of mm -hmm. martial arts are doing it because they watched something on yep. ESPN, on pay-per-view at their buddy's house, and it's going to be the same thing with the games. It's, it's why we saw the surge in 2010, 2011. And, and that was almost accidental. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think it's, yeah I think it's, I think it's an, yeah, I think it's an important distinction to make. And it's something that uh, I've never really seen anybody make it, but, but I've, I've felt it and believed it for a number of years now, which is that CrossFit HQ was never meant to be a business. It was meant to be the articulation of Greg Glassman's arguments. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that he managed to find kind of stumble and react to his way to a rather profitable business. But if you only, if, but if you look at it through the lens of this entire organization, the structure of this organization is meant to allow Greg Glassman to fight the people he wants to fight, the arguments that he wants to win. And that's why, Jay, to your point, that's why we hit a ceiling because it was never meant to get, be anything more than a platform by which Greg can pursue what ultimately became CrossFit Health, but really was what it was the whole time. And that's why they had to go away from CrossFit Games because that was, that was too shiny an object in order to have the argument to make the case that he was trying to make. And now I think that that's, that's not gonna be the case for CrossFit anymore. I don't think that that's what CrossFit HQ's vision is gonna be. I don't think that's what Eric wants. I think that if the downstream effects is looks similar or looks like what Greg Glassman was trying to get to with cross with the health. Great. Awesome. I don't know that that's the point of it. I don't know that that's going to be the point of it going forward. So, so let me ask you a follow up on that, Pat and Fern chime in because yeah. I agree with you hundred percent on that, Pat. And I don't think they have to be, you know, exclusive of one another, but my hypothesis would be if we push the games, all of that health stuff happens. Because all of a sudden people are doing functional movements, you know, constantly varied, high intensity. All of a sudden they walk into boxes and they're being told to eat meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds. So it's, we don't, you know, yeah, certainly we have a big fight against soda and, you know, yeah. the government and all those food things, but you're accidentally creating a healthier world, which may take 
a generation to kick in versus yep. instant, yep. but it's also going to, in my opinion, be longer lasting. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly the case that Eric's going to make. I think that's the case that anybody's going to make about the value of the CrossFit games as it relates to the, again, the downstream effects, the affiliate ends of it. And the question really then becomes, um, is that actually going to happen? Is that actually true? Because you guys know as well as I do that not all, but some of the hurdles, some of the barriers, some of the challenges that every affiliate has is fighting against the perception that what they do is the CrossFit Games or some version of the mm -hmm. CrossFit Games. Now, it's not been a hurdle or a barrier that has been insurmountable. Obviously, quite a number of gyms have been able to figure out how to do it, not have been able to um, build and grow thriving communities. But I do think that that is the biggest hurdle. Uh, if, if you want to make both of those things work and grow and thrive equally, you've got to figure out a way to make both of those things um, possible. And I think that's been the biggest barrier. And quite, a, quite frankly, I think that one of the things that Eric can do is to lead from, lead the affiliates in a way that Greg never was interested in. Mm -hmm. We all know Greg, Greg yeah. and like, you're not like a, the SME certifications or seminars, you're not allowed to talk about business. Yeah. That obviously comes straight from Greg, right? And so again, is that one of the things that Eric will knock down? And now suddenly maybe affiliates will start getting quite a bit more support, whether that's in digital marketing, whether that's in, um, you know, best practices and this, that, and the other thing, whether that's who knows what it could be, but up until now there's been nothing. And so everybody's been their own kind of independent little lifeboat trying to figure out how to, how to do this thing on their own to a large degree. And that's why your podcast is awesome. And that's why I, what I'm trying to do with open gym and to a large degree, what I'm trying to do with functional branding is um, bring some of that knowledge, some of those best practices to the table because it's been, it's, it's been absent for affiliates for a long time and so oh, for all time yeah well, for all time yeah i would say it, there's a period of time in 08 09 where affiliates were just doing like that's probably about when you know the round table happened mm -hmm. i remember going to uh, new jersey and meeting with like uh, jen marshall you know and yep. dennis and uh, greg arsenic the owner of montclair yep. at the time like, I remember him, yep. you know we used to all sit around and talk of the talk about these things and i think it was like you know, the analogy of like your band, like your favorite band. It's like, hey, we've got this small little group that, yeah. you know, follows this little band and all of a sudden now they're playing, you know, theaters and, and stadiums. Yep. This group is too big to have those discussions, but but yep. we're not. You just need yep. to, you know, you need to gather the right people to have them and no different than what we're discussing. It'll trickle down. Yep, agreed. That's actually, a, big, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think the big question for me in that in those kind of those five pillars that I put out, is uh, the advocacy part of it. And I think that that's really the place that, I think to me that was the biggest strategic error that Greg made in the sense of, it was so important to him. Um, and I might, I might forget it but, it, but but you guys might remember it. He, something you referred to as like the three L's and it was like litigation, lobbying and something else. What was the other, what was the other L? Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember, but I know yeah. exactly but, what you're talking about. But my point about. Yeah. is he was putting so many resources, so many, so much attention, so much effort into this advocacy part. 
And there was this giant gulf between that and the affiliates understanding what the hell the point of that was. And I think that that was the, one of the biggest strategic mistakes is that he never made the connections for people about why it was so important that he had, I don't know, 50 lawyers on staff and yeah. 30 lobbyists in DC. It, it's not that it wasn't important. It was that he trusted and he assumed, I think, that people just was like, yeah, Greg's just doing his thing and it makes sense and I'm not going to worry about it. When yeah, I think probably his fatal flaw would have been like the visionary that, he's, that he was with the inability to cast the vision to everybody yeah. else. It's just like yeah. people just blindly followed him. And I yeah. think to go even a step further, when we're talking about that, that gap between where he's going and where the affiliates exist was, and we all have the good fortune of hindsight. Yep. Just, and you probably wouldn't know until you made the mistake, but maybe misgaging how large and what the scope of CrossFit needed to be in order to actually chase that aim. Yeah. And yep. he undershot because it probably needed to be in the billions before you could really start getting a footprint and start making that impactful yeah. kind of global impact, like in the way that he wanted it to. We, we'd agree yeah. CrossFit has a global impact, but I think yeah. there was just like, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're doing yeah. something like that, you couldn't possibly fathom how large it would actually be need to be in order to yeah, facilitate to act, that to really push that boulder up the hill yeah and probably um, a touch of a touch of ego maybe maybe yeah maybe. um but so i think that's all, actually all leads into a good too. yeah right <laughs> especially that guy um <laughs> but i think that leads into the next piece which is questions five and six which are both both yep. actually around kind of like the digital kind of marketing yep. space so yep. crossfit has always shunned traditional marketing digital and otherwise uh, to some other degree, or to some degree, that seems to be part of your background. How much do you imagine bring that into the operations going forward? And then in the short term, toward that aims, will those marketing dollars go toward getting more people in CrossFit gyms or in the gyms toward fixing CrossFit brand, toward raising uh, attendance of seminars or someplace else? And this is, and I actually wrote Eric an email kind of about this, which is mm. that that seeming tension that exists between the games. And the affiliates, I think, is actually a facade. I don't mm -hmm. actually think it exists. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, it's, I think it's very similar to the, if you think back to the level one and we talk about technique, the technique lecture, and there's this misunderstanding that, they're, that technique and intensity are at odds. They're not. They actually feed each other if you understand how they work. And I think the games and the affiliates are synonymous with that analogy. And I think if you understand that, like, we can use both of these, the games is the marketing arm. And then on, t on attached to that, all we need to do is tell good stories mm -hmm. about all of the amazing stuff that's happening in affiliates every day. That's what I think. And that's what we've failed to do moving forward. There was a very short time frame, and I think it was like 16 where we could see that happening. And there was a lot of marketing at the games going in talking about affiliates and just the regulatory of people. And then overnight it was gone. Mm -hmm. That was right around the time there was that commercial with, I think it was Eric Preston. In it. Was that Eric Preston? It was like, you know, I'll tell you what yes. CrossFit is, you know, that exactly. commercial. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, yeah. I, I think that's a great analogy, by the way, Fern. Yeah. I think, um, I don't disagree that I don't disagree on your point. I think that in practice it fell apart. And I think a big part of that is because and this isn't a criticism, this is why I think we all love the affiliate community and, and the people who are in it. But most people don't run most people don't open gyms 
with a really good sense of uh, branding, with a, with a really good sense of marketing, with a really good sense of- That's the understatement of the decade. <laughs> yeah, of, of best practices, even, even to the degree of, of on the financial end. And so when that is the case, people come in and they say, I'm gonna stake my livelihood on this idea, on this brand. And then they're not really given the, the resources they, they're not given the resources that they lack and they're left to figure it out to a large degree on their own. And again, to back, go back what I said, Greg was never interested in helping an affiliate run their affiliate better. He was in love with helping trainers train better, but we know that those are two different, both equally important elements of running a gym, right? There, there's, I, have, I have sort of four pillars that I think about when I work with gyms um, and when I think about gyms. One of them is, is the branding, which is obvious. That's kind of why I do part, partly why I do what I do. The other is the operations in which I would include the training and the best practices and the class management and the, all that stuff. Um, the third is the financial end of it, which is a struggle for a lot of people for whatever reason, right? They just don't want to do it. They don't like it. And then the fourth for me uh, is the individual at the heart of that gym, at the heart of that brand. If you, if, if you own the gym, it is up to you to continue to get better across all three of those other pillars so that you're never the weak link, which I think happens. <laughs> it's, sh it's a shitty cycle, but that happens when you're too busy trying to fix leaky, you know, fix leaks in the ship because you don't totally know what you're doing or why you're doing it. Or you've heard Ben Bergeron say a thing and now suddenly you're going to do something for three months when you don't really understand the principles behind it or, or where or how it connects to what you're already trying to do. And so um, to me, those are the four most important parts and only one of them was ever given any guidance by CrossFit. And so you're left with all these people. And I think that that's where the back to what I said about the disconnect between the advocacy and the health and the affiliates is like, that's great. But that feels like, like, a, like that feels, that feels like the extremity if we're talking about quarter extremity, right? Like I need help figuring out how I'm going to be open in six months. I don't know why you have 10 lobbyists in DC. I don't, I don't know how to connect those two things. And I think that's been a, a big part of the gap. And I think hopefully maybe it's one of those things that can be closed um, going forward. I think that's also, a great analogy as well. Yeah. Kind of talking about quarter extremity. It's like, yeah. Hey, you're, you're worried about your, you know, your, your fingers and, and releasing your hook grip yep. when, when you're not even opening your hips. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. And the, uh, the, the other one that I thought was interesting was number 11. And cause this is one, it's just a, it's just an interesting thought experiment. I don't know that you could ever yeah. quantify this one or, or yep. actually come up with an answer, but it is, you know, what obvious to you. And, and this is interesting because it depends on the lens that you're looking through for this one. Mm -hmm. It's like, what obvious to you opportunities has CrossFit HQ missed in the year since you started paying attention to it? Yep. This is interesting for a couple of reasons because of his background where he comes from, which is the digital marketing space, but also because he's owned an affiliate for 10 years. So he has a, a very interesting, probably very unique lens with which to view that through. I have my own personal guesses about what his, his uh, opportunities would look like, yeah. uh, but I'd be curious to see what you think. Yeah, I think the most obvious is, and I wrote about this separately, I think last week, is um, getting into the uh, digital fitness at home space, right? The Peloton of CrossFit or, you know, which you, the CrossFit of CrossFit, right? Um, you know, you look at, it's amplified by the times we're living in, right? If you look at what's happening now with COVID, what you really have to understand 
to get at least a, the beginning of a sense of it is that what it's doing is it's accelerating us five to 10 years into the future. It's forcing us to go into the future far before we were ever going to uh, collectively on our own. And so I don't think there's any question. You look at the stock price in Peloton, I don't know what it is, but I know it's been up. It's gone up since, since all this happened. Wait. I have a Peloton in the room next door. Yeah. You know, um, that we got there and I think COVID. people people are appreciating that that's a possibility and they're appreciating how good Peloton is at doing what they're doing. Lululemon just bought a mirror for 500 yep. million bucks, which is, I don't totally know what that is. Uh, it looks a little funky to me, but it's basically this idea of working out uh, through um, uh, um, um empowered by digital technology. Uh, I think I've got a friend um, who works at a company called Hydro, which is uh, trying to do what Peloton is doing, but for a rower or on a rower. Are you talking about John? Yes, sir. Um, John Gilson's there. Um, And so there's no question to me that somebody is going to figure out what a CrossFit version of that looks like. And I believe back to that idea of the top of the funnel, I believe that the right order of events should be or could be games is the biggest halo it filters down to, hey, would you like to do something similar to what the games athletes are doing? You get, a, you get this, this you know, beautifully delivered, beautifully produced um, um, uh, product or service where games athletes and seminar staff are leading classes or leading live and on-demand classes. And it says through that, because, because it's easy to do at this point, is I have all of your information now. I know exactly where you live. Hey, would you like to take this to the next level? We've got three affiliates within 20 minutes of, your, uh, of you stocked with world-class coaches that can help you take, take this to the next level, to help you personalize this, to help you include, you know, to help you tackle your nutrition challenges and all that stuff. So to me, there's a natural feeder system from the sexiness of the games to the convenience and the cost savings of doing it at home to the efficacy of doing it in an affiliate. And to me, that's where I think the biggest opportunity is, is having ignored digital marketing, digital tech, digital, almost everything from the beginning. That to me is the biggest opportunity that has been missed or ignored or not given, you know, not cared about. I, I agree. I think if, if we were on top of that, we would have something right now. It wouldn't be like you said, the Peloton of CrossFit. It would be, you know, the CrossFit of CrossFit. Right. Yeah. I, my, that's, my also, that's also why I find that so exciting is because we're talking about CrossFit. And, you know, we don't know what he sold it for, but it wasn't pennies. And yep. it's one of the most recognizable brands on planet Earth regardless of how you feel about it or whatever, like people kind of, when you, when you see somebody doing a workout, like people come to the reasonable conclusion that that is CrossFit. And that's what I find. I mean, and we've gotten there with zero and I mean zero negative digital footprint, which is quite frankly, mind blowing. You're like, how does that even happen? Like, how do you get to a level like this putting zero resources and money into the digital ad marketing awareness space. It is just mind numbing to think about that. That's why I find that so compelling and I find it so exciting because I'm like, even if you did it terribly, (laughs) it would yield. Yeah. Yeah. And he's because CrossFit of what it is, you know, he's not going to do it terribly. No, of course not. But Pat, my follow up would be, what's the motivation? Assuming it's Eric, and not yep. just, you know, somebody else creates it. What's the motivation to send those people 
to the affiliate versus paying, you know, I think we pay like $40 a month yep. for the platform, you know, and I know people are in this, you know, typically they were in the studio in New York or London or yep. wherever, but aren't you then going to remove that, you know, monthly payment? I get it. You're, you're benefiting the affiliates, but they're paying $3,000 regardless. Yep. yep. I think that's a really good question. And that's one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, back to this, this importance of communicating clearly from, from, you know, from the top, they'll have to figure, they'll have to make sure they communicate that. But for me, the reason why that's not counter to me is a couple of reasons. One, not everybody wants to get, not everybody wants to go to a CrossFit gym. That's okay. That's part of building a good brand is to recognize that you are actually not for most people. And so most affiliates have to recognize you're actually not for the guy who only wants to work out in his basement. He's not, he's not your jam. You shouldn't be chasing him. You shouldn't be thinking about him. You shouldn't be bummed that he's not coming in. He just doesn't want what you have. He doesn't believe what you need him to believe. Um, so that's part of it is like, that's fine. There's a whole lot of people who could use CrossFit who are never going to walk into a CrossFit gym because it's too expensive, because they think they're too busy, because they're not interested, whatever reason it is, we can start to capture some of those people and start to introduce them to the efficacy of the, of the, um, of the methodology. And I think that that is a, a boon in and of itself. Um, I think the other thing is there something happens when, so, so we all, we all know this implicitly, especially in the gym environment, but a CrossFit gym by virtue of being a CrossFit gym, it is while it's specific, it is to a degree rather broad, right? When you come to be an, a member of an affiliate, if you're just paying for unlimited classes every month, I can't like, I can't make that super specific for you right? It has to be relatively broad. It has to be relatively broad, at least for the community that we have. But I am, as a, as a member, theoretically, I'm willing to pay you more money for a more personalized service. And that doesn't mean I have to go to PT. That doesn't mean I get out of the CrossFit class. But it just simply means I get the CrossFit class, and then I get some personalization on top of that. So maybe that's nutrition, maybe that's um, greater accountability, maybe that's some mindset training, maybe that's uh, a broader look at health, maybe that's um, movement specific stuff, you know, like every month you meet with your coach and you go over the squat snatch for two hours a month or something like that. If you can set up a service where you're capturing, you're, 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 you're inviting people in to a wider funnel, right? And so the group class is the widest part of the funnel there. That's great. And then you're building services that build on top of that where you're willing for some people who are willing to pay a little bit more and a little bit more, you can continue to offer them more personalization to the point where you can have literally a personal coach who's going to text you, email you, call you, you know, work with you on this journey that you're on. And I think that the digital space, it just adds another layer to that funnel in that, like I've never done Peloton. I have a sense of it, but it's not a workout for you, Jay. It's a workout for anybody and everybody who signs on to that class, right? It's not like, here's what you need, Jay. Here, we're going to work on this together. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But you do get that sense of, and it's probably my CrossFit education and knowledge where I look at yep. the numbers and I'm so competitive, but only with yep. myself. Like, yep. unless like, you know, MDV, right? Yeah, of course. He, I mean, he's a, he and I text often about it. He awesome. crushes it somehow. Yep. And yep. I mean, so we can compete against each other, but I, and what I'm thinking is, as you're saying this, and I don't want to give other people these ideas, but really it would be, all right, it's $40 a month, unlimited classes, et cetera. Pay through this app $200, and we're going to kick it back to your coach, who, by the way, will find for you. Now, 
HQ or whoever creates this is benefiting, but trickling it down. Yep, you know, so they might, somebody's in Boulder and they're like, yeah. I do want that. Cool. Well, we have Jason Ackerman. He's a level four coach. Yep. Pay us, you know, cause it's like, yep. um, yeah. iTunes, it's like fake money, basically, you know, double click your phone and you've spent $200 yep. and then all of a sudden they, they shoot that hundred of it to me. Yeah. That's yeah. hundred percent. That's actually a really good point that I hadn't thought of, but the, the, the way to get to real, real scale and you look at anything, you know, mostly when we think about it, we think about it in the terms of uh, social networks. But if you really want to get to like hyperscale, what you do is you build a platform. And a platform is something on top of which somebody else can make money. And when you do that, you have this Im massive um, population of people for whom it makes sense for them to help you grow the platform, right? right? Facebook works because there are these thousands and thousands and thousands of small and large businesses who are reliant on them to continue growing, growing and getting more people and getting more attention because that's how they get more customers, right? And so if CrossFit built this platform on which trainers and gyms could plug themselves into, and then the platform's job was to get as many eyeballs and people as humanly possible into this funnel for them to then kind of pull out of and say, do you want more than this generalized at-home, non-specific program that you can get via the internet? That's pyramid. what I think. It's like a pyramid yeah. scheme, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Did we just come it's up with a pyramid scheme? Yeah, it's multi It's an MLM scheme. Multi-level marketing. Yes. <laughs> um, so I. So that's what I. This is kind of like the practical application of the age-old conversation in CrossFit, which is like, well, you know, I I can only get this big, right? In in my the walls of my affiliate, my brick and yep. mortar. But then we have to, if you reverse engineer that and say, okay, there's thirty. CrossFit gyms in Virginia Beach arbitrarily and yep. there's whatever I forget what it is it's something to the tune of a million people and let's say yep. what if we without even talking about market saturation just one percent what if we could do one percent and spread that across all the affiliates everybody would be totally happy yep. the problem with that is there was no means to cast a big enough net to where one percent would be meaningful to anybody and this is what, this is kind of how you start to at least have the conversation or answer the question, what's in it for me as the mm -hmm. affiliate owners? Cause that's what everybody mm -hmm. wants to know. Okay, cool. The app is great. What's in it for me? Like, how does this help me? And I think if you look at it through that lens of like, okay, at scale, if I can pull half a percent in my local area, that's getting blanketed with this information. Well, that's more business than you would probably ever get in a lifetime. If you try to do it by yourself. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that there's, you know, I think there is certainly now, and I think there will continue to be the question of, you know, is it worth the value? Uh, you know, is, is it, uh, is it worth the being affiliate? Is it worth the, whatever I pay for being in a, a CrossFit affiliate to put it on my, put it on the wall. And I think that we've, we just we're coming out of perhaps the, the, the point where that question was actually the hardest to answer in the affirmative. Um, you know, I, I worked with a, I, I work with a number of gyms. One of them, we, you know, I found myself in the midst of this, right. We were like a week after this, we were still like really hot and heavy and nobody knew what the hell was going to go on. I, I found myself giving the advice that like, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to call yourself and be an affiliate anymore. And I was like a month ago, I would never have thought that we would have, that that would have come out of my mouth, that it would have made at least as much sense to not be as it did to be an affiliate. But the, I think coming out of this, I think that the, I think that our collective memories are very short. I think that 
you know, if we speak just specifically or think just specifically about the, um, the tweet and the fallout from the tweet and all that, I think likely it didn't really burst too far out of the bubble of us, <laughs> right? I think we talked about it a lot, but I'm not sure that anybody cared. And I certainly don't think a lot of people remember or will remember it. And so I, mean, I, I talked think to that, people in Europe who were just kind of like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. The other countries were like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that, I think that it's, I think we're back to the place where yes, it is still not, it is still a little bit of a question as to the value of it, but I think it's always important to remember that it's more meaningful or it's more valuable to be a meaningful specific than a wandering generality. And every gym out there that is doing some kind of version of CrossFit, but not calling themselves CrossFit is by virtue of that, a, 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 a generality, because they're not allowed to say, I know you're looking for this specific thing and that's what I have. And for as long as people are searching, looking for and using the name CrossFit, it makes sense to, if that's what you're doing, to say that's what we have here. Because that's what every brand, that's what every marketer wants. They want, you, they want to find the people who are literally raising their hand and saying, I would like to eat pizza. And it's like a restaurant, it's like a restaurant who serves pizza saying, oh, we have food. We're Italian. We're we, Italian. Yeah, we have Italian. We have these circular pies. Yeah, yeah. Well, all these people are walking around saying, I'd love, I'd love some pizza. And they're not, they're like, well, yeah, we could feed you. And so as long as there are people raising their hands and saying, yeah, I'd love some pizza, it makes sense for you to put on the wall that we're a pizza shop. And I think yeah. to me, that's still where we're at. And it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean, like, like I said before, it doesn't mean that we're not still having to wrestle with the perception of, do I have to be Katrin before I get to start at your gym? But that's where uh, branding comes in. That's where marketing comes in. That's where a good website comes in. That's where word of mouth comes in. It's not an insurmountable hurdle. It is a hurdle, but it done, done well and done with some intention and done on purpose, it's, it's a hurdle you can get over particularly with somebody who's leading the way who understands it, right? So imagine getting a lot of the benefit of the franchise model, but not necessarily being in a franchise, right? If you have somebody leading the way that's like, hey, these are the qualities and uh, quantifiable metrics that would be an, a, um, uh, excuse me, an effective website, right? This yeah. is what good digital marketing, this is what good content creation looks like. And I think CrossFit's been doing a lot of good content creation. It, the, the breakdown was in the communication of how to do that yep. for 100%. me personally as CrossFit Rife or wherever. And, and also, you know, it, it raises this interesting question, which is prior to now, who has been CrossFit's customer? And I, I swear to you, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is to that. I don't know what it is. And because of that, I'm not sure what the point of it all was. Like, what, is, like, what were you trying to, because all marketing is, marketing is the, the, the process by which you get somebody to make the change you want to make, right? And so like all of the money they spent on media, all the money they spend on the games, all the, all the efforts they spend on advocacy and health, like, Towards what, toward what aim other than Greg being more right to more people? Mm -hmm. And I honestly, like, I don't know if you had to say, like, who's the, like every business. And that's kind of why I go back to the idea of like, it was never set up to be a business. It was set up to be an argument because that's the only way you can do that without having a customer, right? And I think they stumbled their way into this affiliate model, which was literally by Greg's own admission, customers coming to him and saying, can I please give you money? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, TJ, TJ reached out to him, you know, yeah, that's not a, 
that's that's like that's great that's nice but that's not really how a person sets up a business um or builds a brand and so it's just i think that's part of what this conversation is about is going forward who's the customer and that should dictate almost all the decisions to a large degree or at least a a, a good part of the decisions no i i agree i think that, and that's a great place to kind of wrap things up right there it's that's something we have to think about and i think you know, obviously your expertise in branding, Patrick, you probably have many boxes take like the hero's journey mm -hmm. or, you know, and figure out who they are marketing to yep. because yeah, I, you know, and what you said about affiliates, it's like, what was your term that you said it's better to be meaningful and unique? Yeah. A meaningful specific than a wandering generality. Yeah. And I think even for a lot of affiliates that throw the name CrossFit on there, they are still yep. a wandering generality. They have, CrossFit, they have, you know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with diversifying what no, you no, offer. No. Yeah, it's not about that. It's not, it's, it's about recognizing that you have to do it on purpose and that there was a very short window of time in which you could be a CrossFit affiliate and that was specific enough, but it is not anymore. You have to go further. You have to do more. You have to try harder. You have to ask yourself questions because it's not enough to just be a CrossFit affiliate anymore. And that's kind of why, I, that's part of why I'm really excited about what's going forward is if we can make the pie bigger, what we're actually doing, one of, the, one of the downstream effects, I think, will be that we have all of these really unique, beautifully conceived affiliates that are focused on 200 specific people, right? Not, God, I just hope I get 150 people within driving distance of me to pay attention. But instead, okay, well, I know that there are four other gyms around me, and I know that one's really focused on competitors or young athletes or whatever. Cool, I'm gonna let them have it. I'm gonna let them have those people. I'm going to focus on 65 plus, right? You could build a thriving community of 65 plus athletes if you wanted to. And the only reason that nobody does it is because they're scared to be that specific. But I'm, I'm telling you there, you can be that specific and be that successful because what happens when you're specific is you get to talk to the people specifically. You get to say, literally on your website, do you want to play? Do you want to, do you want to be around longer to play with your grandkids? You don't get to do that unless you're focused on 65 plus or whatever, yeah. 55 plus. Well, right? and then every decision you make going forward, every decision you make, you have a clear path there. Like, yep. all right, do we need to buy this, you know, fancy yep. new barbell? That's right. No, we probably need a reverse hyper to help yep. with lower back. And pain. what further education do our coaches get? Where do we go? For, like, what resources? What do we like? What do we need? What do we have? What do we not have? Where are the places that we can go to find more of the right people for us? Right. And I, I just keep using 65 plus because that's kind of an easy, obvious one. But then you get to know that every week my job is to call five, I don't know, nursing homes or family yep. medical centers or whatever. Um, yeah, that 65 plus could be stay-at-home moms. It could be, 100%. like you mentioned, the competitors. It could be a teenage program. Yep. It could be law enforcement. I mean, yep. yeah, and then, you know, the, the old kind of adage of you need 100 members and you're just kind of chasing everybody. Yeah, You're right. Like the, the front-facing marketing of your website is all old people, you know, yep. or, or, you know. Because, yeah, because ultimately what, what the biggest hurdle of a CrossFit gym is, we can go back to the games, the barriers, the perceptions. The biggest hurdle is the misguided but very real belief in most people's minds that I don't belong there. And the reason is, is because we haven't done a good enough job on an affiliate level to show them that actually we're built for you. 
It's not that you will, it's not like, oh, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. We're okay with this. But it, no, it's this place exists for you. That's the challenge. And that's, that's the thing that um, I think Eric or not, Greg or not, that's still the biggest challenge over the long run over the next 10 years for affiliates. If we want to see not 15,000, but 150,000 affiliates, it's recognizing that specificity matters and that, that, that building your gym with empathy is the most important thing you can do. I see a refrigerator not lined with Fit Aid, but prune juice. Yeah. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'd have just prune juices and like Metamucils and those types of things. Like the adult diapers. Full, all the adult locker rooms. They have been gay in all the locker rooms. <laughs> I, know, I know we want to wrap up, but just last thing that, that popped into my head is, is um, Nike, when they started uh, in the late 80s to early 90s, Nike was, um, they dropped from like the number one shoe apparel brand to like number three, like Reebok took over, um, ironically enough. And one of the things that they did, and this is actually the, the biggest thing that I think HQ needs to do, uh, and we all need to kind of be thinking about is, the thing that they did is they, they, they widened the access point to Nike. And so instead, before Nike was all about athletes, they were all about high performance, they were all about the details of the shoe and the this, that, and the other thing, and the 400 meter mile. And what they did to widen the access point was, uh, we all know it now, this just do it campaign, right? The idea being, you don't have to be a perfect athlete to act like an athlete. You don't have to, you don't have to be a professional athlete to think like an athlete. And one of the first ads that they did in the, in the, in the just do it campaign was, I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember his name, but it's Walter something, 80 year old, 80 year old guy in San Francisco. And the ad was, video of him running down the streets with his shirt off talking about um talking about running i think it was like 17 miles a day like this is real person they were just kind of like a little one minute snapshot and the reason i just thought of it uh jay is because at the and again i'm gonna butcher it um but the the line at the end or the kind of the joke or the tagline at the end was like people always ask me what i do with my teeth and, and, and the last line of the commercial was like, I leave them at home. <laughs> right? And that's how they welcomed. That's how they widened the access point. That's how they said, Nike is for all of us. It, it's not about a demographic. It's not about um, um, a, a specific sport or being an athlete. It's, it's what's called a psychographic. It's this idea of if you think like we do, if you think like an athlete, Nike is for you. And I think it's the same thing that CrossFit HQ has to do is they've got to figure out, and it's not that we don't know it, but they have to start messaging and articulating and branding and marketing this notion of this is for everybody, right? This isn't for, this isn't just for the CrossFit Games athletes. It's for your grandmother. And starting to really figure out how to do that well, not so that they're two different silos, but that it's one silo and it's one message and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it goes out to everybody the same way. Yeah, that's really well said, Patrick. I think a great place to, where we can obviously go deeper into all of these questions, which we'd yeah. like to in the future, but let's let everybody, you know, we know you have your, your podcast, you have yep. Chasing Excellence, you have Open Gym and you have the Consistency Project. And if someone just wants to, find you to learn more about you or potentially work with you for branding? Where can they yep. find you? Uh, functionalbranding.com is uh, the branding stuff. Um, Instagram, PS Cummings is probably the easiest place to kind of get to everything. Very cool. Fern, we good there? We're good, man. Let's just set up that round table. I'm excited about that Let's now. Let's do it. Yeah, Fern, you said you were going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Listen, 
my yeah because you're we're phasing you out yeah <laughs> that's smart you, you don't own affiliate you don't own an affiliate anymore you don't train you don't do anything so you're just on a peloton all day yeah you're just, peloton so we need somebody has something woods. meaning we need somebody that's somebody something meaningful to say last last question and then we'll wrap it yeah who would you who name three people you'd want on that on that round table patrick oh man that's a great one uh uh, i'd have to say ben bergeron um there's a (laughs) there's a uh, she's it's not an affiliate she's a she has a couple gyms in australia and i interviewed on her her on open gym her name is narita bent she she blew me away she's running uh her gym is women's only um, and it's thriving. She's got like two or three spaces. I just think she's like, she's got her shit together. Um, and I was really, really blown away by what she's doing. Um, so I had add her to it just to give some nice diversity, um, both in terms of like focus and, and geographical. Um, and then a third would be, ooh, good question. Hmm. I would try to find somebody doing something in the either the, the nonprofit or the nonprofit adjacent space, trying to do something who is, you know, somebody along the lines of, uh, I think they're called the Green Beret something or other. Yeah, the um, Green Beret Project. Yeah, Green Beret Project yep. or Steve's Club, or I just had a really good conversation for Open Gym with a guy named Ben Davis who's doing something, um, a gym called Noble Clay, uh, Noble Clay. Um, so I think maybe I'd try to find somebody who's doing something really interesting in that space because I think that would add some, um, really a, a different perspective on that conversation. Who's All right, that? Well, Eric, Eric Preston just sent us that the other day or last week sometime. Which oh, one? is that what he sent us? I, yeah, I the Green Beret Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I came, uh, I've stumbled across them with um, uh, Nicole LaCoin who runs HSN. Um, he'd be good to have on as well, She's a stud as well, yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, I think, I think we, could, we could construct an all-star uh, collection of, of interesting and useful voices for something like a roundtable. Well, it's on my to-do list now, so it's going to yeah. happen. We do a little collab, a-, a little collab between Open Gym and, and Best Hour, and we can I think that'd be really good. Publish. Yeah, we'll make yep. that happen. We'll be in touch with you off air. Um, Love it. All right, well, thanks for coming on, Patrick. And again, if oh, you guys- Oh, my friends, I'm happy to talk anytime. Yeah, yeah thanks, if you're brother. interested in finding Patrick, check him out on Instagram and check out his podcasts and um, Wealth of Knowledge. All of Thank them. you. All of the cross, all the all, podcasts. All the podcasts. Yes. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, Day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at Day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.